from Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage, and the rest of us? Well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Welcome back to Etch the Edges, the show where we endeavor to do the hard work of closing the ideological divide, the gaps between us, the differences between the right and the left, the up and the down, and often enough, some of the consternation that exists on one side. Same party. Those are the things we are here to do because we realize that when we have conversations either face-to-face, knee-to-knee, digitally, or however it may be, we can find common ground. It is not an impossible thing. And those are the things that we feel we need to highlight in this age of false narratives, secondary and alternative facts, and let's just see it and keep it real, outright lies. You know, the uh, misinformation, the disinformation is preponderous. And it has occurred to me, as I hope it is starting to occur to you, especially those of you who live in the great county of Gwinnett and the great state of Georgia in these United States of America, that it's become clear only one party really seems to be active at disallowing and pushing aside disinformation. That only one party is having candidates stand up, unfortunately, who won't bend who actually won't bend, and we see that, who say, look, you, you either have to hold on to facts and do the right thing in this big tent, as we call it, or you can make the other choice. And in today's environment, that other choice comes with consequences. That's, and I think that's keeping it nice. My guest today is Mike Ford. Mike Ford, as I understand it, because I've met him recently, is a long time operative. He's a guy that knows the ins and outs. He understands the ups and the downs, and he can have real straightforward conversation. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we got to tell the folks, you are running for U.S. Congress, 9th District, and the, the thing about it is, again, it's it's we're, we're, we're living in a part of a state where we are, we're seeing all kinds of things come out. The candidates that the other side is putting up is, um, can I say frightening? Does that make sense? Is that fair? I suppose, yeah. Okay. Well, with, with that understanding, right, we, we want to talk about what you're bringing to the table. Who's Mike? What's his story? And let us know, you know, wh- why is this the right time for Mike Ford? And why? Should we be leaning in and voting for you? Well, again, thank you for having me. Uh, 
you know, I, I say this to people that uh, you were there when I gave a little talk to some uh, Gwinnett County Democrats. And what I say to people over and over is I'm trying to bring good government. Now, that sounds like uh, pablum to a lot of people. Uh, but let me give you some history. I've been practicing law for over 45 years. I've represented people from uh, federal courts. Uh, I've been in cases as far away as San Diego. I've seen a lot of life and a lot of things happen in life. I got upset, which is a mild way of putting it, when I started listening to people like Conway talk about alternative facts and other craziness. Uh, we watched uh, Donald John Trump disassemble what was left of the norms of our political system uh, when he got elected, and actually when he ran in 2015, got elected in 16. Uh, we've seen a drumbeat march away from uh, the individual rights that we've all come to cherish, and that's been going on for some time. Uh, when it seemed perfectly evident to me that there were people who wanted to return our country to the 1950s and the things that were going on there, um, I couldn't sit by any longer. Now, I am, as a matter of fact, the chair of the Hall County Democratic Committee. Uh, I have taken a leave of absence because of this run uh, that I'm making for Congress. Now, I know who my opponent is. Uh, let me tell them. It is Andrew Clyde. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Clyde is the Congressman Clyde, I suppose I should say, is uh, the person who told us all that the uh, January 6th insurrection at the Washington Capitol was a normal tourist visit. Uh, this is more of this uh, MAGA Republican candidates and elected officials uh, march away from reality. Uh, they want to reframe things from the obvious and the truth uh, and the factual into something that, I don't know, it, it seems like they expect us to deny our own eyes. So this is the kind of nonsense that's going on. Now, I'm not a spring chicken and I'm not looking for a new vocation in Congress, but it's time to get rid of, of Andrew Clyde, and I want to see that happen. So, you know, if you uh, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, uh, sometimes you have to do unpopular things. Uh, this is a difficult uh, and challenging endeavor. Uh, it's got more moving pieces than I ever thought any organization could possibly have, but it does. So it's rewarding to talk to people who uh, are concerned and caring and want to support you. Uh, so that kind of makes the work and the drudgery uh, worthwhile. But when I say good government, I'm not I'm not kidding. It, it, and it's not like we we or I or my group has some kind of an overreaching or overarching goal of this this uh, amazingly complicated thing. We just want to do the simple things right. We want to be fair. We want to be honest. We want to talk truth. And we want to solve problems for everyday working people. And, you know, there's nothing glorious about that. It tends to be hard work. I mean, my friend Carolyn 
Bordeaux has done that very thing. And, uh, you know, I know her and she's a, she's a superb uh, person and a superb candidate. And if I could be uh, and do things as well as she has, uh, you know, that would be a, a, an accomplishment. I would absolutely have to agree with that, Mike. I mean, you know, if, uh, and, and, and I've been talking fo to folks, you know, about local government and understanding, you know, just how important it is to really understand what's going on around you, right? It, you have to know. We have to be engaged citizens. And when you talk about Carolyn, you know, it, what comes to mind for me is the work she was doing on, you know, uh, dead malls and things of that nature and the policies that she put in place to try and recapture and renovate and reinvigorate those spaces. Those are things we need to make our communities better. So, you know, you really have to pay attention to keep your eye on the ball. And like you said, if you're going to follow down the path like that, then, yeah, you know, hats off. You know, that's the kind of work we need. When we take a look at an, an Andrew Clyde, and unfortunately, it's, it's to the point that you just stated, right, where they want us to kind of lean into discomfort and lean deep into disbelief and imagine a world where the six didn't happen, or at the very least, that it was really a couple of good-minded protesters with picnic baskets, you know, just protesting outside of the Capitol when plainly it was not. You know, you go to Clyde's site and he's talking about some of those things that just resonate with the base like red meat, right? Supporting Donald Trump, building the wall. You know, um, his whole thing is he's against big government for years. To my good friends in, in the Republican Party and folks, I have to, I'm saying again on every episode, there are good people over there. They are Americans. That's one of the things we have to start to really internalize. That we are not the devil and neither are they. On many things, we can both be misguided. When we understand that, we can find common ground. But he, as uh, Clyde is talking about, I'm against big government. But no one ever tells anybody with any well-meaning what big government is. You know, I, I like to remind people that the military industrial complex, our defense department, as robust and powerful and strong as it is, as it needs must be, take care of us, it's a big government all by itself. And we don't want to get rid of that. We need that. Social Security, big government, Medicare, Medicaid, big government. To your point, Mike, what we need is right-sized government. We need good government. We want to make sure that we have fiduciary responsibility, spend money as needed, as is appropriate, and take care of ourselves in the right frame of mind, in the right manner. Not overspend, not underspend, but do the due diligence research and work to get it right. And people that come to the table to do that, that's what we need. And that seems to make sense to me. And I hope that would resonate with everybody out there listening. I know that makes sense to you, Mike. Well, it does. Um, we have eight uh, candidates running uh, in Hall County uh, on the Democratic uh, ticket. And we, uh, we have a saying, <laughs> we want uh, better government, not bigger government. And so one of the things that I, I see uh, is it's, uh, let's call it the little lie. I don't think it can compare to the lie that Donald Trump tells about this nonsensical stolen election. Right. But the little lie started a long time ago with Ronald Reagan when they came up with this idea that, that big government is a bad thing. And what they started telling people was, you know, the government doesn't do anything well. Uh, everything that's big and governmental is bad and that kind of nonsense. Well, I take my time and I try to gently remind people 
the big government of the United States of America put a man on the moon. Yes, sir. That was done by big government. We worked together and worked hard and did what we needed to do. And we sent him and we got him back. So when we sent them there and brought them all the way back, uh, and I believe that was about 1969, uh, you know, I, I remember sitting there watching television with my 80-year-old grandmother who saw the evolution from horse and buggy to automobiles to airplanes. Mm. Uh, and then she was watching on television as an American walked on the moon. We were pretty darn proud of big awesome. government at that time. Awesome. And frankly, this little lie about big government is bad. Uh, they've been telling that for a long time, and it's not true. What is true is if you want good government, you have to get involved. There you go. That's it, Mike. That's it. And I, and I love that story, by the way. You know, it, I, I tell folks, and I've been saying this for some time now, you know, um, I've worked in corporate America my entire life. And, you know, at one point, I remember reading um, Boris's Fair Tax book. And, you know, when I graduated from UGA, I had become this big Ayn Rand fan. And, uh, you know, I tell okay. <laughs> I vacillate, and I, even after I vacillated back, I still love Ayn Rand's work. You know, um, now her philosophy, I came to understand really, really was skewed, but as with any human being, it's a result, it was a result of a human experience coming out of communist countries. So I take that as the fact of her life and why what she says sounds great, but is in many respects impractical, right? You know, I, I tell folks, you know, we're all human beings. So for you to, like, like you said, this little lie, to buy into this fantasy that corporate America always does it better than big government makes no sense. I've worked on projects with million dollar overruns. All you gotta do is watch CNBC, you hear the story every day. And what folks seem to always miss out is that the same folks who work on Wall Street will may spend the time, a little bit of time on Main Street. They may find themselves over on K Street. And then before you know it, they may be over there sitting around working on Constitution Avenue. These are all the same people doing the same things in different spaces. The folks who mess up in big government, so-called, mess up in big business. It's all the same. To your point, what we need is to be engaged so we can hold folks accountable. If you do a bad job in corporate America, fire your ass. If you do a bad job in big government, primary your ass that is how it works and if we are diligent we can do that effectively well your point is incredibly well taken i think but you know we don't have to look very far for the poster child of uh, how uh, private uh, enterprise can create serious problems and have difficulty the nuclear situation in georgia uh, with these incredible overruns trying to put together this nuclear plant is uh, it, it would be mind-boggling and mind-blowing were it not for the fact that we've been just watching it for so long that I think every time we hear something anymore, we're just like, yeah, of course, another million, another million, another million. Oh, and don't worry, the taxpayers and the ratepayers are going to pay for it, so why does the Southern Company care? And, and I'm looking at this thinking, 
has everybody lost their mind? I mean, yes. my, my son is in solar and he installs solar and so forth. And his company works with that. And I said, well, you know, I see Georgia Power is going to come online and start working. And he said, Dad, they've capped it at 5,000 households that'll, that'll buy it back. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, Dad, for a long time, they had it through the legislature. So you couldn't even borrow money to put a solar system on your roof. I said, what? And he said, <laughs> check it out. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I hear this nonsense about how great private enterprise is. And, uh, and and I go that. But if I may, let, let me uh, walk down uh, memory lane uh, a bit. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Ayn Rand wrote uh, quite a few novels. Uh, most people know uh, Atlas Shrugged mm -hmm. uh, and uh, The Fountainhead. But she also wrote some things like uh, Capitalism, The Unknown Ideal, The Virtue of Selfishness, and so forth. And, you know, her ideas were pretty good. I mean, the the basic idea of of her works was you need to to do what you can do for yourself. Yeah. And one of her ideas about selfishness is, you know, if you take care of yourself, nobody else has to. Yes. So she's not one of these crazy robber baron types. What she was trying to say to people was was pretty simple, which is your selfish interest is taking care of yourself. And in a long-term view, taking care of yourself means nobody else has to do it. And it also means you don't be crossing over into other people's rights and other people's things, because that's not in your self-interest either in the long term. So as you say, uh, she had her issues. I found it amusing. Somebody was asking her, I don't remember whether it was Leonard Peikoff or who, one of the people was talking to her about, well, you know, in your idyllic uh, system, how do we uh, uh, support the government and the infrastructure that we have to have? And, and that's where the, the rubber met the road. And, and she correctly, I think said, well, I don't have a solution to that, but my idea would be something like you have to pay a small fee and register every contract so that you can enforce it through the court. Now, those of us who have lived a long time recognize that that was never going to work and, and so forth. So I think your point actually is she had a lot of good ideas yes, and we can certainly put them to work, but it would be helpful if, if we also understand uh, the limitations of that. <clears throat> now, as a, and tell me to stop whenever you're, you've heard enough, but a, as a candidate and, and as an American, I am very concerned about where we are. Right. I mean, I'm watching people wrap themselves in the flag and pretend to be patriots who are absolutely anything but. Yes. Uh, right now, uh, we have one overarching duty as rational humans in Georgia. And that is, we need to be uh, advocating for and helping and supporting every Democratic candidate we can get that's running in city races and support those Democrats that are running in the county races and support those that are running in the district races and support those that are running statewide. And the reason is, quite frankly, the other options 
are going to lead us to either the destruction of our democracy as we know it, or some kind of crazy quilt authoritarian situation where people are trying to regulate everything we do from who we love to who we marry to, to how and when we have sex, whether or not we have contraception and, and control of every woman's body. I don't know what that is, but it sure as hell isn't my idea of a freedom in, in a system. That, that's the opposite of freedom. That's, that's total control. That's tyranny. And, and it's there. Yeah. It's there right yeah. now. Mike, you put, and I love how you say it. And you said uh, you added on to that just now because you said that when we were at the party meeting. And I remember when you said it, I kind of glanced around because I wanted to, I was hoping, I wanted to see and make sure it, it resonated. You know, you put, you're putting that out there and I'm liking it, I'm likening it to what you said about uh, Plant Vogel. Um, and, and let me just expound a little bit, right? When I drive to South Carolina and I go by Plant Vogel, I know you've done this. And, and folks in Atlanta and further down in, in Georgia, if you haven't, just on one a weekend, just drive by. <laughs> it's huge. It's hidden. It's like this thing that it's like Stone Mountain. And, and that's what, and I say that to say to what Mike just said, it's a thing we've come to take for granted. Take it, it's just there. We're gonna pour more money into it. Okay, well, I guess that's needed, right? You know, do we have alternatives? Um, yeah, they're kind of out there, they're working on that. And then, like Mike said, the sunset, no, you can't have it. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff has been written in the law. The, the, the way of managing things has been supplemented by those in power who wish to do for self against you, against you. So, tying it all back together, right? I and, and folks, you've already heard me say this on other on other episodes. You know, there is some virtue and selfishness in this regard. And when we talk about what Mike just said, right, there is some virtue. If you take the distance of what Anne Rand meant, coming out of a life living in a collective, she's her whole thought and her basis, in my opinion, is the collective will be better served if you throw that concept out. Just take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. If you take care of yourself, then the collective won't have to. And as we tend to do with human nature, you won't become dependent. Now, a lot of times folks who take this bent discount the fact that human beings often enough don't want to be these characterizations where I'm always looking for a welfare check. You know, we take pride in, in, in working for ourselves and building and doing for self. But what I'm asking you to do when it comes down to taking a look at what's happening in your, your town, your county, your community, I'm asking you to get up and get out and vote. That's what these episodes are about in this period. It's a selfish action. That's how I want you to see it. It's a selfish action. And why do I say that? Because in the environment where you want to you wanna focus on football all week long, you do your job, take care of your family, not really think about what's happening in the state house or in D.C., if you don't turn an eye to those things in some regard, the space in which you do, you do the things that you love will shrink they will shrink. You may be able to still play Pop Warner football, but it may be a precarious thing just getting to the field. Because, you know, you may get pulled over for whatever. I don't know. Check your papers. You think that can never happen in America? Well, it's just like Mike was just saying. With each, I mean, guys, go to Clyde's website and take a look at the things that he has listed as issues. That way leads the path of tearing. I don't know a better way to say it. 
And when you look at the pictures on the site and, and we talk about why it's important to choose, I probably think I could have a beer with the guy. He seems to love guns. You know, I, I've, I've grown up with guns my entire life. I, I have my position about it. I understand it as an American tradition. I'm not a card holder. Um, but again, folks, when you're looking at the disparities between all of us, it bears the, it bears it. We need to take the time to ask questions of each other, to find the middle ground and clarify. Otherwise, like Mike just said, if you don't go out there and make a choice and support the candidate, what you're going to get is someone who's going to take their time to refocus you on things that don't matter. And they will make changes in spaces you're not paying attention to. And before you know it, you will be driving down the highway and someone will just want to arbitrarily check your papers. That's not American at all. But I tell you, if you're not careful, it's what you can get. Did I say that right, Mike? Well, uh, yeah, except you were kind because you uh, didn't bother to point out that folks like African-Americans have been experiencing that for a long time already. You're right. And look, when I started practicing law, that was back in 1976. That's been a few days. And what I started watching was amazing because you could see the tentacles of some sort of a Republican uh, conservative. Uh, these are the words they use. It would not be the words I would use to describe what they did. But they started taking over things. They started working to get the people in the judgeships that they wanted and that they needed. And then they concentrated on the, the state house and other things because people weren't paying attention. And they were successful. And people uh, with good sense and who are not stupid are looking at uh, Mr. Brown and Mike Ford and saying, well, how, they throw their hands up, how could the Supreme Court possibly do this? And I, I really want to say to them, well, what were you, deaf, dumb, and blind? You didn't see this coming? Everybody told you what it was. These three justices everybody's whining about told you exactly what they were going to do because all you had to do was look at what they they had said and what they had done previously. And we're supposed to be so stupid or naive that we don't believe that. Well, I said all that to, to, to say this. If you don't get involved, you will get the government you deserve. That's right. And you'll get that government whether you like it or not. Now, it's hard. You know, John Kennedy started talking about, well, we have to do some things, not because they're easy, but because they're hard, because it's the right thing to do. But, you know, we went away from the draft in, in the United States. And at the time, I'm a military veteran. My dad was in uh, was a, a, a career Air Force officer. Matter of fact, he wrote the paper that said we should never get involved in Vietnam. But that's <laughs> that's another thing. I, I I understand all that. Hell, I ended up in Vietnam, so, so I mean I know. But you know, all of these things happen because people don't pay attention and they don't they don't do the the simple thinking that you have to do. And and I'm going to be critical of our friends, some of whom are progressive, some of whom are moderate, some of whom are blended and all this. But the one characteristic that we have to get over is Democrats <clears throat> and our supporters, they really tend to want quick 
solutions. For example, we, we had all this uh, argument about gun control. And, you know, the argument was, well, let's just, let's ban it. Well, okay, if you, if you want to study an incredibly complicated, look at the bill they passed, which probably will never get in past the Senate, but, but that's not the point. Yep. The point is, these people who want to take over our country have been going at it on a long-term plan that is is not really insidious. I mean, it was there in plain sight. And, and several people have been saying recently, well, you know, Donald Trump just told everybody what he was going to do in plain sight. And I'm thinking, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are you confused? And, and, right there. and you know, then, then you, you see the whiners like, well, I couldn't believe they did that. And then you hear people talk about, well, you know, we're going to write a strong letter and, con <laughs> and, and complain. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, let me ask you this, Mr. Brown. Uh, did it do you any good to write a strong letter to say, I really wish y'all would stop treating my, my friends and relatives who happen to have a different color skin badly? Would a strong letter have done that? That sure comes as a surprise to somebody we know you know, who's recently passed, passed away named John Lewis. I mean, right. it, it, a strong letter didn't seem to work. I mean, hell, uh, <clears throat> we, we have uh, letters from the Birmingham jail. I mean, they're, they're priceless, but it didn't change it. What changed it was people getting out there and, and putting in the word. This thing on. Yep. Good trouble. You are absolutely right. And, and, and I love how you, you, you highlight that, Mike. I mean, you know, um, again, I, I don't think over the next few months as I do these episodes that we can, I can't emphasize it enough. I really can't. And it's just like you said, you know, I've written some letters because you know, that's part and parcel of sure. the process, right? Sure. But even as I've written them, I've, I mean, I have written some of them myself for dissemination. I remind folks, you know, um, the letter ain't gonna be what does it, right? The letter broadcasts, it shares, it winds up in the Gwinnett Daily Post and maybe in the AJC. And if it's compelling, it might wind up in a national newspaper. But that's just the eye opening. That's the taste. What John Lewis said, good trouble is where the work comes into play. And the end result of good trouble, as I've reminded, you know, and I'll say a few things here that for my, like I say, I like to say American African as opposed to African American. Folks out there, if you want to know why, just email me. I'll gladly give you an answer. I wrote it. It's in a book. But I'm not the guy that's going to step out on I-20 and stop traffic because it makes a big statement. But I'm not going to deny you the right to do it. I have my Black Lives Matter paraphernalia. I have marched. I've done all that. Like I said, I've written letters. But again, the bottom line, <coughs> just as Mike has said, at the end of the day, you've got those folks that a lot of you don't care to know about because you're not fond of reading letters from a Birmingham jail or history that there are people in the movement who did a ton of work on the back end. There were people who sat in the Oval Office with Kennedy to discuss what the march was going to be like. You guys look at the end result and you smile and you think, look at that, that, that happened. You have no idea what it took to get there. There are those who won't be necessarily at the march when you're there because they're doing the good trouble on the back end. And what do we call that? We call that engagement. And the end result of a lot of that activity culminates in what we call the franchise. It's a vote. It's a vote. 
Again, I cannot overemphasize it enough, and Mike made it real clear just then. You might not necessarily like that particular candidate, but don't butcher the opportunity and possibility to gain the control we need to further the ends and the means of America by doing something like, well, I cast my vote for that independent because, you know, I, I couldn't get along. I don't, I don't like that Democrat. And besides, and this goes out to my American Africans, my black people, a lot of you say, well, and, and it's a big thing now, you know, I hear it. What are the Democrats doing for black folks? I don't see them doing anything for the black folks. So I'm going to say something real quick to some of you guys. It's really unpopular. I'm going to ask you again, going back to that point about being selfish. What have you done for yourself? What have you done for yourself? And I'm not saying that to discount the fact that you may need support. I have moved my, over the decades, I've moved from this thought of, you know, I'll say it like this. And then, and Mike, I'm from the Atlanta area too. I was born a Democrat. I like to say that because I grew up on the South side of Atlanta. And, you know, like I said, I went to UGA and I came back and I was an Ayn Rand fan. And I thought the poor people were like, wow, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick yourself up by your bootstrap. You know, um, this is all your fault. It's your fault. You're, 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 not, you're, you're looking to the collective. But then I volunteered again and I vacillated all the way back to the other side. So I'm progressive because I realized simple fact of the matter was you can't ask someone to pick themselves up by their bootstrap when they don't know what a bootstrap is. They don't know what a boot is. They don't know what to look to go find them. And if they found it, they might not recognize it. They wouldn't know how to put it on, lace up or launch out. That's the help that they need so that they can entertain and engage themselves in doing the hard work of becoming productive Americans. That's where the help comes in. They don't want the handout, they do want the hand up. And that's when I realized that for a lot of this, the labels disavow, they disassemble, they distort, they divide. That slows us down. Give the help that's needed, come together. The Republicans are very good at doing this. You know, we, we all get along on this one abortion issue. All the other issues, we don't, dis we don't agree, but you know what? I'm going to vote for that guy anyway. And that is how they got Donald Trump. And, and, and like you said, it's the end result of generations of work. It really is. And they, they don't, they, they still don't care. They don't own it. They don't own it. Very few of them, the, the, the ones that do seem to, they've dropped out um, or they left the party and they're not working anymore. Or they have the courage of self like Liz Cheney to step up and step out and, and stand against. But the majority of them, if Donald runs again, they're going to vote for him because it's all about team. We want to do something similar in that regard in terms of support, but we don't want to, we by no means want to support a candidate as egregious as that. But we do have to see the means to the end. When I look at it, that's what it looks like to me. Does that make sense, Mike? Well, uh, you know, in the real world, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's the world we live in. Your point is, I mean, you were a little bit subtle. You remember I was teasing you when we when we first met because I said, you know, look, I'm old, I'm ugly, and I'm fat, and <laughs> you know, you you, you may not uh, actually love me. You may not even particularly like me. But what you have to understand is, I am the game that will get you where you want to go. Now that seems crass, I suppose. But look, you can be progressive if you want to and be progressive to the point at which you, you don't even support the, the people that you need to support. And uh, your point is, look, uh, the Republicans fall in line. <clears throat> and my point is, 
Democrats want to fall in love. And my point further is we're past fall in love time. The country, our democracy, your freedom is on the line. If you don't understand anything else from what we're talking about here, understand this. You better vote for a Democrat, because if you don't, you're just throwing away your opportunity to help save this nation. And that's not a crazy statement. I'm telling you, that's what the stakes are. And if you don't believe it, ask yourself, what on earth makes people say things like, well, we're Republicans and we're against contraception. If that's not involving themselves in as much of your life as they possibly can, where do you think it will end? And the answer is, it won't. won't. So for God's sakes, get off your ass, get out, go vote, whether you like him or not. You don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. Mr. Brown kind of likes me, but you know, he and I are crazy <laughs> together. So that, that's all right. But, but you don't have to even care. What you have to understand is if you don't do that at this point in time, you are giving up your chance for freedom. And that chance may never come again. Yeah. It may never come again. That is a very, very serious statement. And folks, I, I really, I really need you to internalize that, right? Um, we say that we're at an inflection point, that an existential crisis is right on the horizon. And there's still so many of you that, that don't believe that. I mean, I hear what Mike just said, and even as I chuckle at the end, part of me runs cold because I hear his statements and they ring true. That's a scary as hell thing. You know, and, 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 and folks, you, you, you say this is America, it can't, but yes, yes, it can. And folks hate this comparison, but I'll throw it out there. Slight turns, small turns over the course of years. You know, the crisis is on the edge, but you don't believe it. You, you, you think it's going to be all right. Things won't happen. And then, and then there are folks walking in the streets with brown shirts on. And, you know, the next thing you know, the days and the months go by. And if you can't get out, you realize you might die, right? This is history. This happened in a European country that we all know very well. And, you know, again, folks don't like the comparison, but small turns here become bigger turns, become bigger turns. And before you know it, you wake up, your parliamentary government is gone. The chancellor is this, this little dude who is really good with centurion tones and raising his hands and and ginning up the crowd, and you think it's okay to turn your neighbor into soap. That's well, right. you know, people who study history, uh, I think they have a, a leg up on a lot of other people. Yeah. But what you're saying is exactly what was happening in the 1920s and 1930s in Germany. That's now, right. they had the brown shirts. Well, folks, who the hell do you think the 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 QAnon people, the uh, Proud Boys, all these other people are? These are the beginnings of the brown shirts. Why is it that Donald Trump can motivate them and wind them up and send them to go attack the Capitol? That's exactly the kinds of things that Adolf Hitler did in the 30s in Germany. The object was the exact same as it is here. 
These people are telling you what they plan to do. We ignore it, not only at our peril, but we just have to be stupid not to believe they mean what they're saying. I mean, how many people, to go back again and plow the same field, how many people accepted the pablum out of Kavanaugh's mouth and, oh. and uh, you know, Coney Barrett, that, oh, well, you know, it's settled law, blah, blah, blah. You knew what they were going to do, and you turned your, your, your head and to, for Susan Collins to pretend that that was a surprise to her she must think that I'm stupid. Yeah. But she sure as hell thinks her constituents are stupid. These people are playing for real. They're not just playing. They have a goal in mind. Their goal is they want to create a white supremacist, uh, Judeo-Christian, evangelical crazy quilt, and they want to run this country on that. And trust me, the plan is if you aren't one of them, you're going to be on the outs. And when I'm talking about outs, you don't know where that ends. That might might not end with a rope in a tree. It might end with the firing squad. There's no telling where it ends. If you don't think crazy things happen, ask yourself how many Jews the the Germans killed. And they were gleeful about it. This is serious stuff. And it starts just like this. And it's a lot further down the road than people want to accept. Absolutely. And, and, and again, that's a terrifying thing. To go back to the January 6th piece, even as you say that, Mike, I think about some of the things that really resonated with me that, again, we just we just we glide past, you know, in, in for the, the Republican candidates to actually say and try and translate and just lie outright. It's just so very dangerous. Those people built a gallows on the mall to hang the vice president of the United States of America. Yep. And I still sit back sometimes and I'm like, I, I, I struggle how we have conversations around that, how that happened. And no one is like, oh my God, holy shit, right? They show the picture on TV and I look at my wife and I look at my daughter who's a study in history, bless her, she's a critical thinker. And we're like, holy shit, right? You know. But again, we have to be selfish and do right by ourselves in the means that matter. And I think it's incumbent upon us to help them too, because those well-meaning people in that other party who do find the courage to stand up need some support. It's always best to have critical thinking opposition, but this is dangerous. This is dangerous. I want folks to think about that lawyer from Alpharetta a couple of, you know, um, earlier this year or whenever it was, he came back and he killed himself. He killed himself. Because he saw himself and he said, I think I made a mistake that I can't come back from. I'm an insurrectionist. That's what it said to me. Folks, think about the fact that there are people who broke into that building, you know, at the heart of our uh, democratic republic, where we're supposed to do the work, good, bad, and in between of governing this country. And someone managed to smear feces in the office. And I, and I was telling my boys, I said, you know, just think about that for a minute. They were like, yeah, that, that was crazy, Brown. I said, I don't know what you're not thinking about. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, how did the feces get there? Like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, 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 well did they carry it in? In a bag? <laughs> you know, or exactly. did they stop as they were terrorizing the house to go into bathroom into the bathroom and, and, and dump it and then take it down the hall to the office? 
and smear it. And they're like, Brown, you know, sometimes you really go there. I said, well, someone needs must. Because think about what it took for a human being to do that shit. These are the people who are trying to take control. People, people, existential crisis. It's a dangerous proposition. And if you don't act, if you don't engage and use the levers that we have at our disposal, then you might find yourself at the behest of a man who brought a bag of shit into the Capitol and smeared it on somebody's wall. That is not a person that should have authority. That's a person who needs help. That's a person who needs help, okay? Think about these things. Those are the things that were wandering through my mind, Mike. I don't know if you thought about that one in particular. You probably didn't, but it occurred to me that this is the crazy. No, I did. When you, when you find defecation and urination going on as a political statement in the nation's capital, supposedly by patriots, yes. uh, somebody is confused, and I don't think it's me and you. I think somebody else is confused. But, but there's good news. You know, the good news is, uh, you know, I'm running in the ninth district. Uh, it is an incredibly red district. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's a sacrificial lamb. No, I'm not. We, we went into this with a path and, and we're still on it. We could use a lot more money and support, but who couldn't? But the good news is people in the United States are starting to figure these things out. Right. And and I know that people will say, well, you know, look at the polls in Georgia about uh, Warnock and and uh, Stacey Abrams and, you know, those things, you know, they, they should be different. Uh, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, we have just discovered something important. And the thing we discovered that's important is people are lying to pollsters. And the reason we know that is over there in that state called Kansas, they did a lot of polling when that referendum was up and the pollsters were saying, well, it's going to pass. Well, children of light and sanity, it did not pass. Not Not only did it not pass, it was defeated by about 22%, which is an incredible number even though they did it in a primary when they thought people wouldn't come out, even though they did everything they could to confuse everybody over what yes meant and what no meant. And you know what? Tell me why that isn't going to happen right here in Georgia. People are lying to pollsters because they just don't want them to know. Now, I happen to believe that there are a hell of a lot of people in Georgia, voters, who are going to start rejecting this MAGA Republican crap and come back to their senses. Now, people will say, well, the polls show, and my retort to that is, uh, maybe you want to go look in Kansas and take a look at what happened there. These polls do not mean what people think they mean. And the truth is, that's been wrong since Trump ran because all the polls said Hillary was going to win. Yep. And the only way these things come out the way they are, polls compared to reality, is people aren't telling the pollsters the truth. 
but you talk to your friends and neighbors and sometimes your enemies and folks that don't get along and you get a sense of what's going on. There is a lot of unhappiness right now and it's kind of smoldering. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that we're going to see some big changes here in Georgia, but like you say, the answer is simple. It's a four lettered word, B O T E. B-O-T-E. Mike, that is so very much on point. And I just want to share with folks out there, especially those of you outside of our state and those who live further south within the greater metro area who, you know, you have a perspective on Hall County and Forsyth County, you know, in the northern parts of Gwinnett. You know, I've uh, made Gwinnett, North Gwinnett County my home for almost two decades you know, Lake Lanier is a hop, skip, and a jump from here. We love spending time there. And my wife and I love spending time in the North Georgia mountains. We do. We do. We, we check out the resorts and the people. And I, 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 I say that to emphasize what Mike is putting out there about how people feel. You know, now we know the Web 2.0 uh, play space, right? The, the internet and social media and all this garbage that I at one point thought would elevate our politics has done the most to divide us and bring out the nastiest in us because we feel so emboldened to say the basest things within us behind this digital screen. But there are so many people out there who really have no issues with sitting down with you, shaking your hand, having a conversation, sharing a meal, talking, commiserating and becoming friends. This is North Georgia, folks. This is North Georgia. And yes, to Mike's point, Hall County is definitely a red county. When folks go into the booth, they vote party. But again, I tell you, it's often enough, it's because of what we were just saying around Plant Vogel and how I liken it to driving by Stone Mountain, right? You know, sometimes you run an automatic. But when things get serious and you start to take pause and you realize that there's a congresswoman up there who, you know, seems to want to side with modern Nazis, you know, uh, and she says the craziest things about poor kids who have been shot at. And she's got strong opposition. Oh, you've got someone like Mike here who has realized I got to step up because this shit is getting real, right? And we need to put that message out there. To this point, I think folks are going to find that there are a lot more people up here that recognize that and are ready to act in that regard. And I do agree. I think big change is coming. And it's going to, and um, thank God for it. Let me say that, really, because I think Mike, you and I see these things the same way. We're in a bad spot and we got to do the work to get out of it. Yep. That's the trick. Do the work to get out of it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I always love to give the guests the last word before we shut down. This has been an absolutely wonderful session, enlightening, and I think the words resonate powerfully so. And, and I know that the folks out there listening are going to feel that, but please, let us have the last word. Tell folks what they need to do. And of course, let them know where they can go and find your information, support your campaign. Well, before I forget, it's M-I-K-E, numerical for Georgia, spelled out, Mike for Georgia. And that will get you to the website and every bit of information that you need. We are working hard. We are trying to be for Georgia. Now, when you when you conclude one of these things, sometimes there's a tendency to do a rah-rah and so forth. And I want to end on a high note. I am so encouraged by what happened in Kansas that 
I have a new a new expectancy of good things from but understand a lot of people they claim they love America but they act like they hate Americans mm. I mean we're all Americans and we have to realize that now everybody really wants about the same things in life we want our children to do well we'd like to live indoors uh, we want to have enough food to eat. We want to have a good life. We want to enjoy living on this wonderful, amazing little blue ball that we call Earth. We need to we need to do that and concentrate on what we have in common and try to stop this division. But we can embrace people who are willing to meet us halfway, who are willing to talk to us and make sense. But there are some that you can't. And so what you've got to do is, frankly, vote them out of office. Right. If you don't do that, then we have failed. And we're not going to fail. We're going to do this. We're going to make it happen. And we're going to take care of our freedoms that we have earned so harshly. I stood on the deck of the USS Missouri some years back, it's in dry dock in Hawaii. And I thought to myself, my God, I'm sitting in the chair where Halsey sat. Mm -hmm. This was a, a ship that sailed across uh, the, the Straits of Japan. This is the ship on which the surrender of Japan was taken so many years ago. So many people fought and died in that campaign, that war. Are we going to ignore that? Are we going to let those freedoms slip away? Or are we going to do what we know is right? And the answer is very simple. Let's all go vote. Let's bring our country where it needs to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Mike, edges have been etched. Thank you for taking the time with us this morning, my friend. Thank you for having me. Who represents you? We've asked the question before, and we will do so again. Who do you want to represent you? We live in turbulent times. Yes, we do, folks. And as we say here on Edge the Edges, we are indeed in crisis. Please believe it in case you didn't know. We would like to thank Mike Ford for taking a stand against the onslaught that is the legacy of Donald Trump. If we don't unite together and support folks like Mike, folks who are taking a stand, well, we fear, we, I can't say it enough, we fear for how much longer this will truly be America, right? I mean, sincerely. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for taking a stand. Edges have been etched. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, so please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Etch the Edges. And don't forget to visit our website at EtchTheEdges.com. Check us out, join the movement, express your commitment to the cause. Cause for a better America, a better world. Well, we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Indeed, do it for a better world. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.